Hello there. Welcome to the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is a chance for pastors and members of Christ Covenant to process the sermon, ask questions to the preacher, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you have a question for the Sermon Talkback, please text it to the Text to Pastor line at 678 951 9041, or you can ask through Twitter by tweeting to Jason directly at Jason Edwin Dees. Enjoy. Well, I'm joined today by one fellow Auburn grad and one fellow Southern Seminary grad. Here we are. My alumni friends. <laughs> That's right. We share alma maters. Um, I'm joined by Abby Montgomery and Blake Rogers, and we're talking about Jonah 4. Um, obviously, like I know what's ev- on everybody's mind right now is the coronavirus and uh i'm sure that there's probably even like a thought of like okay you know what we are happy that you're so happy about missions jason but like should we really be talking about missions um in the midst of this people can't travel people can't go anywhere and i I think actually there's i understand that but personally as i've thought about this how i want this to impact me is that I would be more urgent in my life, that I would realize how short our lives are, how fragile our lives are, how much I need um, God's grace in my life, um, how much I need a savior. Um, And so, and this coronavirus is reminding me of all of that. Um, So I think in some ways, it's actually a really helpful thing to be talking about. And it's not that different from what Jonah experienced, right? right? I mean, he needed either a, death and resurrection or near death and salvific experience in his life to go. Yeah. And, and, and to obey. And so maybe this thing will actually lead to obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I would hope for again, this is where Jonah's helpful is a continued posture of obedience and a continued posture of humility before God. Whereas I think what we see in Jonah, and maybe this kind of gets us to the first thing we're going to talk about here is there's an urgent understanding of his need for grace. There's an urgent understanding of his need for God's salvation. God does save him. God uses him. And then his heart gets hard mm-hmm. uh, toward the things that God loves again. Mm-hmm. Um, so Abby, I'm just curious, thoughts, comments, what were some things that stuck out to you about the sermon? Yeah. Um, I thought the sermon was really helpful. And um, when you first started with with one of your first points about the problem of grace, uh, I squirmed in my seat a little bit. I was like, where is he going with this? Um, but it was really helpful because, I mean, you know, there there is there can be a problem. Like, how are we how are we actually seeing ourselves? Are we seeing ourselves as dead in our sin and then seeing the abounding grace um, that God pours out on us? Humanism. Uh Secular humanism, which I would say is like the predominant worldview that we live in, mm-hmm. uh, rejects grace. Especially mm-hmm. in the city. Yeah. You, you have to be able to save yourself. You have to be mm-hmm. able to make it. You have to be able to get after it. Uh, uh, an acceptance of grace is an acceptance of weakness. It's small-mindedness. Uh, depravity is kind of what we Christians like to talk about. Human depravity is a really, really hard thing. Mm-hmm. for people to grab a hold of. Mm-hmm. It's a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's a problem in terms of, it's a big problem before God, yeah. but it's a problem in terms of the delivery of the gospel. Like people don't want to get to that place. 
as I mentioned right. yesterday, that there's an acceptable amount of depravity, right? I mean, people mm-hmm. are willing to say, I got a little help, mm-hmm. I had good parents, I got lucky here and there. But people aren't willing, I think for the large part, to honestly, I mean, even words that we say in uh, the song Amazing Grace, like wretch is a hard admission. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to think of myself yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we all, we do have a problem with grace and I think, um, you know, we're not unlike Jonah. Um, and that, that's something that our hearts will struggle against all the days of our lives. I think yeah. until, you know, we finally see the glory of God and reflect on and, and actually realize in the fullness of, of our sin, who we are in light of that. Um, and so it'll be something that we always struggle with. I think, you know, you, you see it in Jonah. Um, why would God be gracious to these wicked and evil people? Um, that, that's what he's asking. And, and I think, you know, we all, when it comes to God in the Christian life, I, I think we all realize, you know, classic Kirk Cameron, have you ever told a lie? You know, right, yeah, we, yeah, we've yeah, all told yeah. a lie. Have, have you ever disobeyed your parents? Oh, yeah, we've disobeyed our parents. And that helps us understand that we've fallen short, Romans 3.23 of the glory of God. Um, and so as Christians, you know, to, to be a Christian, you're a person who's recognized that you are rich, that God is good, and that Christ lived the life that you should have lived and died the death that you should have died. And by faith in him, um, you, you've been made right through his works, through his faithfulness. But um, our posture of like living this out um, shows up a lot um, like in the home. You know, for me, for example, I'll just be honest here. Like if I always lived with a posture of I am a rich, I would probably be kinder right, right. in my home towards my wife. I would probably be more quick to ask for forgiveness than try to justify um, something, something that I did or, or did not do rather than, um, so, you know, and so you, you kind of see this play out uh, in the home. Uh, we're quick to defend. We're quick to self-justify. Um, and yet we would do well to, to realize and live within the framework of you are a wretch, actually. Yeah, well, but we're a wretch that's been loved by Almighty God. So there's... Oh, for sure. We don't just wallow in that. There's actually a lot of hope that Christians have and a, and a lot of joy that Christians have. So... But to your point, it would remove this kind of self-posturing, this self-qualifying, this self-justifying mm-hmm. tendency that we have and just put us in a posture of humility before others, which if you think about it, is is really beautiful, is, is right, is good. It's how God made us to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem of grace is that grace is hard. We don't really, we're okay to sing it in a song as long as like everybody in the church is singing it too. But it's hard for us to really admit, I was even thinking like those 18th century hymn writers, they, they kind of got this. I mean, you know, Isaac Watts uses like worm, like I'm such a worm. Mm -hmm. Like they, they really tried to like sink this into the hearts of their hearers. And I think that we, we probably lost that a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's, there's probably a lack of humility in, in our Christian worship and, 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 and here's the, here's the real irony, and I think this happens to Jonah. Sometimes the more useful we are for God, the more God uses us, mm-hmm. 
the more uh, self-justifying, aggrandizing we can be. I mean, I'm sure Jonah's thinking like, look, I'm the best preacher ever. All these people repented. None of my friends have ever had a such successful revival mm-hmm. uh, service. <laughs> look at me. Um, and he, he, he kind of elevates himself as someone I think who obviously deserves God's kindness and love. And it, and it literally, he literally goes outside. I can imagine him up a hill looking down on the people of Nineveh. He literally and figuratively looks down on the people of Nineveh and hopes for their destruction, uh, which is just such evidence of Mm -hmm. an unrepentant heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you also had, uh, some comments about um, kind of the end, Abby, like mm-hmm. how we, I, you know, it, it is an interesting ending mm-hmm. in Jonah. Right. Yeah. Every time I finish reading Jonah, I'm just like, oh, man, like it just doesn't feel what happens? right. Like there's no conclusion, like you said. Um, but I think it was helpful that you kind of you provided some thoughts on that on Sunday, just thinking through, you know, what was the response um, after God asks this question? Um, I know it's helpful for me to think, you know, when I am being a Jonah, um, what is my response? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it kind of ends the same way that the prodigal son does, right? In both cases, I think Keller brings this out in his new Mm -hmm. book. I haven't read it yet. Have you all read Prodigal uh, Prophet? Yeah. No. Mm -mm. I, I think I've heard that he kind of compares the stories. And I think this is probably one of the reasons that one, prodigal son, if you remember, the father of the older son goes out to the field and says, won't you come in? Like, you know, what was lost is now found. Like, mm-hmm. we should rejoice and be glad. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of the same ending, right? It's the father, uh, it's God saying to Jonah, like, 120,000 children were just saved, Jonah. Like, I was merciful. Should, should I not be pitied for them? And you're out here pitying the plant in mm-hmm. the same kind of way that the older brother was mad that he didn't get the calf. Mm-hmm. His brother got the calf. Right. And here Jonah's like, yeah, God, the one thing I really cared about, this stupid plant you took away from me. Um, and, but I think both of those stories are told in that way. I think, I mean, obviously one by the design of Jesus, the other by the design of the Holy Spirit to, as you said, like kind of leave us in that moment of, all right, what, what do you do inside of God's grace? Yeah. Like, how do you respond? Right. Yeah. And it also shows, and I mentioned this before, that, um, you know, we, we have a responsibility. Jonah was responsible here. Obviously, God is calling him um, to the carpet on his motives and his disappointment, whatever he's experiencing um, after seeing what God has done. Um, but Jonah is not the hero. You know, the the, the hero in this story is God. He is yeah. the one who used the faithless prophet. You at, don't want to be times. like Jonah. Yeah. yeah like, he used the faithless prophet to redeem wicked people to himself. And so God's the true hero of this story. And that should motivate us to, to mission. God is working in spite of us and he will work in spite of us, but yet he calls us to be a part of what he is doing. This beautiful story of redemption in the world. Right. We get the privilege of being a part of it. it. Yeah. Um, And so join in. Don't the, be faithless. Yeah, the yeah. only reason we know anything about Jonah is because God did something great. Yeah. In two occasions, really, in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, God did something great, and Jonah, even though he was resistant, was a part of it. Hopefully, we willingly can be a part of the great things that God is doing. 
uh, you mentioned earlier, as we were just talking beforehand, how kind God is in this. Mm -hmm. That's pretty striking too. Mm -hmm. He he's so gracious with Jonah. Like right. you you kind of want God to just be like, I'm Jonah. Smite him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. What is wrong with you? Right. <laughs> and I think that when you get to that point when you're reading through Jonah and you're like, gosh, God, like really punish him. Then you then you kind of you feel your heart sink a little bit in your chest. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm like Jonah. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, I'm yeah. so thankful for the grace that's been given to me. And it's absolutely not deserved. I'm yeah. a worm. Yeah. I was waiting on, you know, as I was reading this again, I was waiting on the herd of elephants to come by and just trample him <laughs> right time yeah. instead of, uh, you know, when he was on the, in the boat eaten by a fish, he's in the dry place. A herd of, ele he's disobedient. A herd of elephants comes in and just does away with him. But no, God's kind. Mm -hmm. What do you, so kind. what do you think the ending is? You think Jonah's heart is hard or do you think, yeah, I gave the two endings there. Do you think he goes back into the city and celebrates? Or do you think his heart is hard? Um, I, I, I don't think his heart is hard because he wrote this. Oh, so you think he celebrates? I think Jonah is giving us, God's using Jonah to give a testimony of his faithlessness and God's faithfulness to say, y'all don't do as I did. Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. What do you think, Abby? Yeah, I mean, I like to think that that's true. Because um, I, I think, too, like, you know, even in my in my walk with the Lord, like, I have days like Jonah. Mm. Um, 100%. And, and praise the Lord that there are other days where I, I go back into the city and I celebrate. Um, so I would like to think, yeah, he went back in. Okay, one other question. We talked about anger, right? There is a right anger. Mm -hmm. I talk about this a lot, right? Anger is you know, not our favorite emotion, but it's the right emotion in the face mm -hmm. of sin, in the face of injustice. Mm -hmm. yeah. When you see an Assyrian man coming into Israel and raping a Hebrew woman or stealing from a Hebrew farm, like your, anger. Yeah. yes, right. your right response yeah. is anger, judgment. There should be anger and judgment here. Mm -hmm. So we, we kind of like say, oh, Jonah, like, come on, the Ninevites, like, let's forgive him. But no, these were bad dudes yeah. that yeah. he should have been angry against. Um, so help us out there. Like, how should we think about that as Christians? Um, anger and the, justice. The, and the thing that comes to my mind, like there's kind of an experience that kind of has been in the headlines since October, I guess, is Kanye West coming to supposed faith. And just kind of seeing the Christian response out there, mm. you had people who were like, oh, man, that's amazing. But you had a lot of people who were like, we'll see. Yeah, We'll yeah. see. I don't know. This is a this is a wicked dude at one time. And, you know, and, and so, you know, I think our posture ought to be one of um, hope in God, that God, if he's doing something that he will bring that to the end, um, that it, as he saves even you and I, as wicked as we are, mm -hmm. and we know ourselves, um, that God would continue this work that he started within us and to see us through, that we would persevere. And so I think when we see the Ninevites, when we see a Kanye have this kind of moment, we should, our, we should rejoice. Yeah. I think we should say, like, my goodness, God has once again chosen to redeem. Mm 
And, um, and so we should be excited about that. Um, and, and we should rejoice with our brother, but our hope is in God in that situation, not in any one person's ability to persevere, to live as Christ did. I mean, that's not going to happen. I do think it's interesting. Jonah in the beginning of chapter four quotes Exodus 32, Mm -hmm. the Lord, the Lord, slow to anger, abounding a steadfast love. He leaves off the second part, as I mentioned yesterday. Um, he knew the second part, right? But I think even Jonah's like, how do these two fit together? Mm-hmm. And this time, God must have been this, but maybe other times God is that, visiting the iniquity of the sinful to the third and fourth generation. I think what we now know is that actually God can be both at the same time mm-hmm. in the cross of Jesus Christ. We have the explanation. We have the imagery. And so to your point, like we can look at sin and say, there should be judgment. There should be correction for that. But in Christ, that judgment's already been given. In mm-hmm. Christ, that condemnation's already been carried out. Yeah. And we can receive our brother back. And, and in the same way that when someone serves right retribution, uh, we can receive them back. I mean, we know somebody that, you know, is a friend of ours mm-hmm. that's in prison right now for something that they did that was very wrong, but they're going to serve their time. And after that, we receive them back. Absolutely. And say, you know what, you, this, you're cleared of this. You have mm-hmm. been, and, and that's the way that we can receive people knowing that in Christ, through faith in Christ, retribution mm-hmm. has been paid. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because yeah, I think like, you know, with Jonah and thinking about the Ninevites and, and their sin, like, yes, we, we should hate the sin. Um, right. Like you talk about that a lot, like that should, we should want justice, but like we see God and this is where I was saying, he's so kind. Like, I mean, Jonah is, is not, he's being the worst <laughs> and God just so kindly says, do you do well to be angry? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, th- and in that question, I think like now living on this side of the cross and Jesus, we're able to see. Yeah, we don't do well to be angry if we just wallow in that. Yeah, and I think we can I think we can be angry and not sin. Yeah. Because right. we can give vengeance over to God. Right. We can say, okay, you know what? This does make me angry, but I trust the retribution of God. Now, as we've said before many times, sometimes that retribution of God, there is like a an immediate reaction to that, and there is a an mm-hmm. ultimate reaction that ultimately God's going to settle all accounts in the great judgment mm-hmm. immediately. There may be some price of sin, some retribution that someone has to pay uh, because of a real crime. And that's why God's given us laws and government and the sword of the government and the judicial system, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. there's so much in this text. Yeah, Go ahead. There is. It's like uh, here at the end, you know, <coughs> how do we apply this to us? I think um, there are things that we care a lot about, that we should care little about. Mm-hmm. And then there are things that we care little about that we should care yeah. a whole, whole lot about. And, um, and those are the ultimate things. And so um, let's, let's be people who are quick to realize, hey, there are things we're, we're banking on, hoping in a lot that we shouldn't. You pity the plant. You pity the plant. Mm-hmm. And then let's be people who... When we realize that, we realize, you know what, we need to care and hope in and trust in ultimate things. Um, and and I think it's just a good little reminder from the end of the chapter here. And I think that's where Jonah is left. He's left with God saying, hey, buddy, listen, you care a lot about little things, mm-hmm. and um, you need to care about ultimate things. 
It's a great place to end. Abby, Blake, thanks for joining us. For Abby Montgomery, Blake Rogers, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening.